the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. It's been said that the book of Galatians is personal, doctrinal, and practical. Uh, with all the letters, you know, Paul has a greeting and he welcomes and he talks about his ministry. He gives a personal report. But then Galatians, really chapters 3 and 4, is a doctrinal section. And we're going to get into that. And then finally a practical section in 5 and 6 about living in Christian liberty and walking by the Spirit. And these are exciting, very, very applicable things for us today. And we're glad you're listening to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, Bert, I've got to ask you, have you ever heard the phrase righteous indignation or, or holy indignation? You ever heard that? I have heard that, yes. When, when you read Paul and he rebukes the people that would add works to salvation, and he really challenges the Galatian believers to maintain belief in Jesus by grace through faith, not works. Uh, I believe Paul was righteously indignant because this is a pretty important subject, isn't it? It is. And matter of fact, we know how severe 1 Corinthians was, but when you read chapters 3 and 4 of the book of Galatians, I think you do find some of Paul's most severe warnings and corrections. And uh, he starts it off, I mean, in chapter 3, verse 1, you know, holding nothing back. And uh, so I agree with you. And it goes into doctrine. And again, he's making his case. Uh, This is vital. He he has a personal uh, argument first in verses 1 through 5 that we'll get to first. He, he talks about what they have experienced, and he's going to say, did you experience this when you were trying to keep the law, or did you experience this when you trusted Jesus by faith? And so, Alex, he says, your experience, although, let's, let me share with you, experience is not always a true gauge. It's still mm-hmm. a gauge, you know, that you can look right. at. And he uses that, and then he goes, really? Verses 6 through 14, he's going to use six different quotes from the Old Testament to prove his point. Amen. So he goes into this uh, argumentation or this defense, doctrinal defense, of of you're saved by grace through faith and not of works. And I would say, yes, righteous indignation would be an appropriate term to say where he was in correcting them. Well, as as everything with Paul, it's logical, it's scriptural, and it's practical. But as we get into Galatians 3, again, everybody, we welcome you. Please turn in your Bible, and then later in the program, we'll take Bible questions. Bert, I've got to give a big shout-out, and I'm, I'm certain some would be listening. I've had the best day. Oh, my goodness, I was in eastern North Carolina with, and I want to say to all the men that invited me, it was such an honor, the 125th annual session of the Eastern Conference of Free Will Baptist, and there was a, some dear ministers, uh, Reverend Crandall Fountain, who was the moderator, and Mitchell Parker, and so many others, and we just, uh, we talked about biblical worldview and apologetics, and we were at a church called Sandy Plain, 
uh, church that is 140 years old. Wow. And then this particular grouping of churches, 125th annual meeting. And I just want to say to everyone listening, it was a blessing to teach and be with you today. And Bert, they, they are a missions-minded group, and Amen. we prayed for America. And a lot of people asked, they said, how's Bert Harper doing? I said, well, he's doing great. You bet. Hey, you know, if you're, if you're biblical, there's two or three things you're going to have with you. One is you're going to be missional in your purpose and in your mind. And that means evangelism, and that means discipleship. You catch what I'm saying? Yeah. Missional yeah. has those qualities. Another thing, you're going to have character. Uh, do you remember what it says in Second Peter chapter uh, 1 when it says you have this precious faith? And then it mm-hmm. goes on. It says in this precious faith, the first thing you add to your precious faith is not knowledge. It is virtue, virtue. or moral character. You know? When, you, if you, you and I have talked about that a lot. We have. And what happens if you get knowledge before you get character, moral character, and, and virtue? Guess what? You're going to be puffed up. You're going to be mm. proud, and you're going to be haughty, which is pride. Is If there's a the most severe sin that you see in the Bible, I would say it's pride. Honestly, mm. that was the first sin of, of Lucifer, pride. And yeah. even in Adam and Eve, you know, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God, which would hint to the issue of what? Pride. And so, again, here we go. Oh, foolish Galatians, he says, Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Now, Alex, Mm. we'll get to the rest of it, but this is some very important words. Foolish, bewitched, those are very unusual terms for Paul to use. Now, this foolish is not talking about uh, anything about being a fool because of of who they are. It's what they've done. It's dull of hearing. And, and the whole idea, and the word bewitched has, it's the only time it's ever used in the in the New Testament, and it has You're the right. idea of being charmed, hypnotized, you know? Be, beguiled. Beguiled, is that yeah, yeah. That is. That it has, I went, looked that up, and it has so many tentacles, this bewitched, that, that which one? And I think that's what he, why he used it, because it's so, uh, for you to get off this bad, he is saying, there's been more than one thing that you've been uh, fooled on. And it, yes, it's yes. that's the idea. Oh, foolish Galatians, and let me, who has fooled you? You catch what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. exactly. And he said, "You did you receive this great gift and the gift of the Spirit by keeping the law? The obvious answer was no. Well, you know, that word beguiled or bewitched, um, a part of that word there, you know, in Galatians 3, 1, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Um, part of the word is fascinate, and it really, the word fascinate, and there's a lot of ways we can be uh, uh, appropriately fascinated with something, maybe a, a beautiful painting or, you know, the beautiful mountains, but if we become fixated on something, it really has the implication of of tripping over a wire or getting entangled in some vines or something. Now, there are fixations 
that will influence the way we behave. And Bert, as you know, there are fixations that can influence the way we think. And that's why, you know, we say prayerfully, daily, read the Word of God, uh, let the Lord continually grow you and speak to you, because um, a lot of our nation's problems right now are people that are engaged in wrong thinking. And so anyway, in the case of the Galatians here, uh, who has bewitched you or beguiled you that you've wandered away from the truth of the gospel? Bert, I, I, I love the Apostle Paul. I'm just so um, in admiration of Paul, but I've got to believe he could be a forceful personality. Don't you think? I mean, now you read like Philippians, Paul could be tender. Paul could be empathetic. But like like all good shepherds and leaders, he could be forceful. And he says, uh, uh, who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Now, chapter 2 had wrapped up and they're dead to the law. Just as in Christ, we're now dead to sin we're dead to the law, we're set free in Christ, but to this freedom, they're going to revert back to believing in the goodness of their own works. And, and like you said in verse 2, uh, tell this only what I learn of you. In other words, tell me this much. Did you receive by the Spirit uh, works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, now are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? or by the flesh? Are you going to uh, continue on in the flesh? And of course, the answer to that is, is no. Um, we start in faith by the Spirit of God, believing in Jesus. We continue, and when, uh, when we leave this world, we're going to be singing power in the blood. And, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Alex, when you see this, notice the personal. He said, this is your experience. Who has bewitched you? that you among, you know, has done this. Christ has done this for you. Did you receive the Spirit? And, and again, in verse 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being made perfect? Have you suffered so many things? In verse 4, he's using that. He said, look at your what God's done for you. Look what all God yeah. has done for you. And it was not in keeping the law. Uh, when I read that, I, I, I was reminded of Solomon when he tried, you know, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He was trying to find fulfillment, and he tried wine, women, and song. I'm just using, paraphrasing everything he tried. Sure, sure. And he says he came up vain or empty. And he says, I came to the end of the conclusion was I was to obey God and serve him. And so here, I, I think Paul's taking a a page out of Solomon's argument to say, You've tried that. That has not worked. Now you want to go back to it. And again, as you said, the obvious answer is no. And again, verse 4, reading it again, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? In other words, listen, it's not worth what you went through beforehand to go back to that. It was not rewarding. It was not fulfilling. And it did not do that for you. Uh, so Alex, his argument is pretty strong here. Very strong. And, you know, when I read verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? You know, uh, Proverbs 26 and Second Peter talk about uh, a dog returning to its vomit. Uh, very graphic wording there in the scriptures. But, you know, if you've walked with Jesus and 
you've been delivered not only from the penalty of sin, but uh, to a degree from the power of sin. You've invested. You've you've lived for the Lord. Now you're going to walk away from all that. And let me just say this, Bert. I was interviewed earlier today by um, a group, and they were asking about, you know, so many people after the pandemic have not returned to church. And I don't know the various reasons, but here's the thing, you know, if if you've walked with Christ and Christ has carried you and you've been blessed by the Savior and he's been faithful to you, can't we now still stay faithful to him? And uh, would we let circumstances separate us from the fellowship of brothers and sisters? I mean, we could... We could uh, apply this a lot of ways, but look, Jesus is always faithful for us. Let us always be faithful for him and with him. And Paul goes on there talking about, you know, are you going to minister in the spirit or going to try to do it by the law or are you going to go on in faith or try to do it by the flesh? But verse 6 in chapter 3, you alluded to it. He begins to support his arguments and his line of thinking, as he always does with Scripture. And let me say, uh, Paul the Apologist, in my book, he proves his case. <laughs> he does. He, after his argument, and notice what it is. I said personal. Notice how many times he uses the Holy Spirit in verses 1 through 5. Three different times he said, look what you received through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes to the Old Testament and uses six different times scriptures that give us the promise that the, the Spirit would come by faith. We're going to cover this more when Alex and I come back with more of Exploring the Word in the book of Galatians. We hope you'll join us as you look at the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Harvey Pratt, chair of the Indian Arts and Crafts Board. He's a forensic artist with more than 40 years experience working with law enforcement on high profile cases in the United States. Romans 12.6 reminds us of our individual talents we receive from God. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Right now with this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Harvey Pratt in his work in law enforcement in the United States. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says people often use the phrase in Jesus' name as a tagline at the end of a prayer, not always knowing what it means. He'll fill in that background for us today as we spend two minutes with Tony. When you have a power of attorney, that means somebody has given you permission to use their name. They've given you permission to act on their behalf because they've given you their power with their name. In other words, if you have their name but have not been given permission to use it, then you don't have legal right for its use. A lot of folk throw out Jesus' name who've not been given permission to use it. They have not been granted power of attorney. But because they think 
using the name will give them this magical power. They use the name without the backing of the person. You can only use his name if you are doing his will. God's not going to respond to your use of his name if you are not equally concerned with doing his will because then you're using his name illegitimately. So if you're going to end your prayer in Jesus' name, I need you to rescue me. If you skip his will in the matter, spiritually, you've wasted your time with the tagline. Learn more about the words used in the Bible to describe Jesus and how that understanding can change your life. Check out Tony's book, The Power of Jesus' Names, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music Beyond the noise All that I need Is to be with you And in the quiet Hear your voice Word of God speak. We're praying that it would speak to your heart. We're in the book of Galatians chapter 3. And, and you can't help but notice that, that Paul moves from one thing to another in, try, in this doctrinal statement uh, concerning mm-hmm. our salvation. Notice in verse 5, therefore he supplies the Spirit. And then he moves on, and he doesn't stop there. He'll say it again and again. Therefore, because of this, this is what takes place in verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And so what he's doing, he's building this case for their benefit. Yes, he is very deliberate, uh, very strong and courageous, but he's trying to get them to see what you have in Christ and don't let false teachers, in this case, they were called Judaizers, as we've said before, Alex. But notice it says, just as Abraham, verse 6, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, what's so important about this? Let me see. He's going to get to this. This is nearly 500 years before the law ever came about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Alex, oh, yeah. so Abraham <laughs> was justified with something besides the law. His oh, logic is, man, how he uses him as his first example, I think is just brilliant. Powerful. And, and you know, certainly um, the Gentiles would be relieved to hear this, and I think the observant Jews would have been convicted to hear this. But verse 8 is so powerful. And, and friends, this is huge. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could adequately emphasize how unique the gospel message is. The, the gospel is unique. It stands alone because it's true. A risen Savior, an empty tomb, the fulfillment of prophecy, how you are made right in the sight of God, not by works, but by faith. Verse 8 of Galatians 3, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Now, this is Genesis 12, 
3 and 4. So then they which be of faith are blessed right along with faithful Abraham. <laughs> Bert, th- wow. This is huge. Now, friends, in Galatians 3, 8, and 9, this is world history, and let's call it salvation history. Yeah. How are fallen humans made right with God through faith, faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross from the Garden of Eden to the day of Pentecost to the streets of New York City. People come to salvation before God through faith. Again, missional. Again, that statement, as you said, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Notice what he did. Faith first, the blessing to the nations second. You know, again, Mm. just like when he started this, he'll say, faith, you know, uh, grace and peace to you. To have that peace, you're going to have to have God's grace in your life. For Abraham to be a blessing in what he did for all the earth, he first had to believe God and have faith in him. And so here Paul is lining this up, and he's letting these Galatians know that, yes, it's founded in Scripture. And again, he's going to use six Old Testament Scriptures right here in these eight or nine verses to demonstrate it. And he goes on in verse 10. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written. And here is more Old Testament scripture. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no one is justified by the law. In the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Right. That's the phrase. Let let me see. Habakkuk, is that, uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Habakkuk 2, we're, we're yeah. justified by faith. Now, James 2.10, and uh, mo- church history and most scholars believe the book of James was written by James, the Lord's brother, uh, you know, that is referenced back in Galatians chapter 1. But uh, James 2.10 says, if you offend in even one point, you're guilty of having broken the whole law of God. So back to Galatians 3. 10 and 11, Paul is essentially saying, and Bert, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, for as many as are under the works of the law or under the curse. So Paul is saying, okay, you want to be under law? Okay, just choose carefully because if you want to be under the law, which none of us have kept, then you're under the curse of the law. Is that really what you want? Yeah. And uh, Paul's really good at making his recipients think. Yeah. I mean, here here we are 1,900 years later, and we read Paul, and it, it really puts puts me under conviction, doesn't it, you? It does, because if you, we've offended in one way. You know, uh, you remember when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler, and he said, I've kept all these things from my youth up, you know? Jesus mm-hmm. knew where to go to to make the conviction real. He said, I tell you what, uh, take all you have and and sell it and give it among the poor and it says he went away sorrowful jesus knew for he had much for he had much he had much wealth and so the whole idea is in one area uh i remember being in a class and honestly we were talking about man and in man's depravity depravity and uh, someone spoke up, well, I don't feel like I'm depraved. And I remember someone said, well, it's according to who you compare yourself to. 
You know, mm. if, if you compare yourself wow. to somebody that, like Bert Harper, well, I'd be okay. But when you compare yourself to God's standard, who is Jesus Christ, we all come short. And Alex, that's the whole idea. The only one perfect, the only one that fulfilled the law. He came not to do away with it, but to do what? Fulfill the law, lived it, and that's the reason. And so Paul is saying, listen, you don't want to go back to the law. You don't want to go back to that way of, of living. And he's trying to get, I think he's trying to get them to remember that there was no joy in it, no peace in it. It was, yeah. It does it remind you of the priest and, you know, all the furniture that you had in the holy, you know, in the temple, sure, sure. there was no chair. <laughs> they never wow. sat down. You remember? Because there was no rest. There was no rest. But what's amazing, like in Hebrews, it says Jesus, after he'd done all of this, sat down on the mm. right hand of the majesty on high. Now, in heaven, there is a chair, you know, because he completed mm. the work. And and what I think, Paul, if you look at this, it's never going to be fulfilling. It's never. There's always going to be something lacking, Alex. No, you can yeah. keep nine out of the ten commandments. Oh, man, but that coveting. Oh, man, they've got a nice something. And all of a sudden, you strike, you're guilty of all. Uh, that's, that's why I've said this, that I, I really honestly believe that legalism has driven more people away from church than all the philosophers and skeptics combined. I mean, really. And I, listen, I believe in standards, and I believe that we are to live holy, exemplary lives and do our best to remember that we're representatives of Jesus. I really do believe that. But when it comes to the church, we're not to be legalists because um, uh, uh, we don't want to be Pharisees. See, here's the, Bert, you can never please a Pharisee. <laughs> and, and we, we and it, as much as I love the American church, I mean, we've done this frequently in the American church. We take our preferences and we make them convictions. We sure do. And uh, so we don't want to put ourselves or anybody else under the law um, because we really come to God and we are free in Christ. I mean, we really are under God's grace. Alex, let um, me interrupt one yeah. That's one of the things Paul does here is the liberty that we have in Christ. Yeah. He mentions the freedom and, and the real and the freedom is he came to set us free. Again, does that mean license? No, it's set us free to be all that God wants us to be. You know, mm -hmm. and, and you don't get that under the law. You don't get that with legalism, like you said, Alex. Uh, but he sets us free that we can be drawn to him and be more like him. What a Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, in verse uh, 13, he goes on. Um, well, chap uh, verse 12, he talks about uh, the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. And that's really 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. And I've said it many times, but I, I truly think uh, some of the greatest motivator to just bow and worship Jesus and follow him is gratitude and love. I mean, when you think about that the perfect righteous son of God was he went through the physical pain of being nailed to the cross, but the, 
the wrath of God, the punishment that we deserve was poured onto Jesus. The, and one of the Old Testament words for God's wrath is the word fury. And not only was the Son willing to do it for you and me, but the Father was willing to do it to the Son. Isaiah 53, it says, it pleased the Father to bruise him. Now, the word bruised, I don't think it it helps us understand how the full import of this, that the sin of humanity was poured onto Jesus, and the Father allowed it, the Son endured it. I mean, you, you think on that, and it'll make you grateful, and you'll want to live for the Lord. But verse 14, Galatians 3, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. By the way, do you know your salvation is, it, like in Hebrews 11, it's called the promise. And here it's called the blessing of, of Abraham. Bert, you and I, we could do a show on what it means to be under, quote, the blessing of Abraham. Yes. Being in the family of God, being declared righteous, being a, an heir of the kingdom. Uh, and the word blessed means happy, but uh, there's a whole lot that goes with being a child of the king, isn't it? It is. And I notice verse 14, the blessing uh, of Abraham to the Gentiles, the promise of mm -hmm. the Spirit, refer back, if you would, to what he said concerning uh, in, in verse 8. And all the nations of earth shall be blessed through what? Through Abraham in that faith. Mm -hmm. And here it is. Notice he starts out with that. And in reality, in this uh, doctrinal argument of using the Old Testament scriptures, uh, you'll find out he doesn't use as many and the rest of it. But right here, he just pours it on. But he starts with Abraham and he ends with Abraham and the promise he made to him. Why does that? Because it starts with faith and ends with faith, Alex. That's the whole idea, that, that it's come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Again, go back to the first part of chapter 3, and he's talking about the ministry of the Spirit, and now it's the promise of the Spirit through faith, not through the law. Paul is driving that home to them and reminding of them that, yes, your personal, what you experience personally, verses 1 through 5, matches with the Old Testament promises that he's given in the Old Testament. They match up. Now, let me make this, and you take it away. Our experience may be right, but it comes under the authority of Scripture, doctrinal. And you see what Paul does here in verses 1 through 5? He gives that experience that the Galatians had had in following Christ, the Spirit coming in them, the miracles that took place. But now he goes back to prove it through Scripture. And, mm. and that's the whole idea. Your, your life, uh, your thoughts, everything, your experience is lined up through Scripture. If they don't line up, if they don't match, your experience is the one that needs is faulty, not the Scripture. Amen. Preach it, brother. Oh, my goodness. In this age in which so, so often emotions or perspective or experience seems to be the precedent, listen, emotions fluctuate. 
Uh, Luther wrote this little poem, Feelings Come and Feelings Go. Feelings are deceiving. My, my basis is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Now, this is so interesting. i, I got to read this. Uh, 15 through 18, he talks about a man's covenant, and it says, To Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as to one as your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. Now, by the way, Galatians 3, 15 through 18 sounds a lot like Hebrews 9. And one of the reasons, uh, well, there's several reasons, but some wonder if Paul wrote Hebrews or helped write Hebrews. Maybe it was Luke and Paul together. We just, we just don't know. But it sounds a lot like Hebrews. Listen to this. Um, and there's an interesting word in verse 17 in the King James, disannul, which means uh, to set aside. The bottom line, if a man makes a covenant, back in verse 15 is the same word, uh, if a man makes a covenant and it is confirmed, nobody sets it aside or changes it. It disannuls it or adds thereto. In other words, if you've got a legal agreement, and we've said this many times, it is a legal universe, and that's why we have to be justified. But Paul says, look, if, you, if you've got a man's covenant and once it's ratified, you don't change it or set it aside. Well, how much more so the covenant with the holy, righteous, eternal God, and it was by faith. Now let's not go back and try to amend it Amen. and make it about works. It's a covenant of promise. Again, verse 18, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. It mm. is honestly by faith. In other words, yes. we trust him. Hey, we're going to take your phone calls. That number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Alex and I would love to hear from you. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Mr. Biden's nominee for director of the Bureau of Land Management once described children as an environmental hazard to slow population growth. I doubt she was taught to trust God as the sustainer of life on earth. The Bible says children are a gift from God. They're a real blessing. Today's children will be the ones who solve tomorrow's problems. Rather than seeing children as a hazard, we should see them as God's gift to us. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Buzz Aldrin is the famed astronaut who planted the American flag on the moon and explored it for some 21 hours. What many don't know, however, is what Mr. Aldrin did to commemorate the moon landing. Aldrin, a committed Christian and elder in his local church, 
marked the incredible occasion by celebrating Holy Communion. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was a celebration of the Lord's table, a lunar declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and soon-coming King. That is pretty cool. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says this, The kindness of God leads you to repentance. A man broke his arm playing softball, so he went to the ER to get his arm fixed. Within hours, the doctor delivered urgent news. The man had cancer. That trip to the ER saved his life from a much deeper threat. Well, in the same way, God uses our felt needs to drive us to Him. When He has our attention, He can meet your deepest need to have your sins forgiven. Like the guy in the ER, you may not even be aware of your need. God doesn't want to just help you with your circumstances. He wants to forgive all your sin. And He'll do that today if you trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. A bruised reed He will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We do believe, we believe in the Word of God and Jesus, His Son, our Savior. And I hope He's your Savior as well. And well, we're going to go to calls, the number, and there are some lines open. You will get in. It's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And uh, Bert, I wanted to let people know, uh, I'm guest hosting the Hamilton Corner tonight. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 6 Central four to five mountain time and so forth. But tonight, the Hamilton Corner, I'm sitting in for attorney Abe Hamilton tonight, and it's going to be a good show. We're going to be talking about several of the the big news items and uh, spiritual awakening in our country. So if you get a chance, tune in to Hamilton tonight and always five days a week exploring the word. And by the way, on AFR.net, you can re-listen, you can download these broadcasts. The shows are archived and you can forward a link on to somebody. If you hear a show that you think it would help somebody in their uh, spiritual walk and come into Christ, well, go on AFR.net and you can share that with somebody. And there's a mobile app too. And one last thing, I'll say this, we'll go to all the calls. Um, Bert, today when I was at the pastor's conference for the original Free Will Baptist, a lot of people were asking what about our book, The Top 100 Questions from the First 10 Years of Exploring the Word? When will it come out? Where can we get it? It's coming out in September. Uh, it will be a part of Share-a-thon this fall, 
But uh, and you can order it, and I'm sure it'll. I know it's coming up on the online booksellers, but I know it'll probably be on the AF, AFRstore.net. But we'll we'll keep you posted. And how I give God the glory that we've talked about it for a lot of years, but we we've got our first book coming out, don't we, Bert? It is, and we're looking forward to it to see what God does with it, and uh, we are excited. Speaking of questions, uh, let's go to the phone lines and see how many questions we can answer today. First is Louisiana and Kent. Kent, welcome. Hey, how y'all doing today? Doing well, doing brother. Well. Okay, yeah, I've been listening to y'all for years, and I'm just first-time caller. Really glad to get on the uh, get on there. Way to go, man! Hey, so, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, so the church I came out of—they're all about you know the law, mostly Ten Commandments, mostly the Sabbath. I'll just leave that there. But when it comes, you know, I try to point out Galatians to them and some of the people there, and they always want to divide the law between the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments. But you know, if you, from a Jewish perspective and others, apologetic perspective, you it's. The Torah, the first five books of the Bible, are usually always together. And so they say Galatians is all about trying to get circum- circumcised with the Judaizers. But it's it's really not. It's all about the whole law, the old law, and not being justified by the law. Uh, so how would you how would you distinguish that between – I'm not trying to argue, but just on an apologetic level, just, you know, tell, hey, it's, you know, it is. It's, it's the law altogether, not just the law of Moses here and – yeah. Moral law on the right. It's all together, you know. Kent, mm-hmm. thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. You, We love the callers that call in all the time. But when we get a first-time caller, our, our, our excitement goes up just a little bit more. Alex, does Galatians chapter 3, if you read that with just your mind open, it's talking about the law, not just just part of it. It's talking about trying to keep the whole thing. Yes. Well, you know, over and over, look at like Galatians 3.24, it uses the phrase, the law. And uh, Galatians 4 uh, talks about the law, Galatians 4.4, that God sent forth his son to redeem those that were under the law. And then elsewhere, like in in, um, Galatians chapter 4, it talks about, in verse 21, those who desire to be under the law, so it, it doesn't separate out uh, circumcision only or the Ten Commandments only. Let's talk about the entire, you know, the Mosaic Code that for hundreds of years had been observed up until Christ came, who completely fulfilled the law. You know, I, I believe, Kent, what, why these individuals and I would say churches do this they don't uh, they don't understand the liberty that they have i would also go to uh to what paul so told to the church at corinth and and there's five different times he says this all things are lawful for me but i will not all things are lawful for me but i will not he says it about four or five times right there in 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 the book of first corinthians and uh, i think it it just shows you the liberty and and I think they think this liberty puts people license. And and Paul says, God forbid. So if there's anybody out there that says, well, I, I'm free to live a lascivious life, and they wonder what lascivious is. Uh, it's a King James Version that says a loose life with anything goes. They need to go back and look at the boundaries that, that is in. And it's not legalism. 
It's limits. And there's a difference in legalism and limits, Alex. Yeah, uh, there, there is. And, you know, that's why every believer has to really hear from and walk in the Holy Spirit it's, because— That's what he does in chapter 3 again and again, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. He really does. At triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty, Bert Wirschel. We're going to go to Texas. Yeah, let's go to Texas and talk to John. John, welcome. Hey guys, you know, uh, just right off, I'm gonna say I'm a Catholic, but I listen to your show every day driving to work, and you guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, hey John, Bless hey you. listen, awesome. I don't care if you're Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Jesus Amen. Christ is the way, Jesus. the truth, and the life, and no one comes Amen. to the Father but by Him. Trust Jesus Amen. and Jesus alone. Go ahead, John. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, now I, I'm going to say say it this way: You're everything you're saying today. We have to, by faith, be justified through Jesus to get our salvation. I agree totally. Now, just remember, I do do believe that that's important. But when you carry that on for the rest of our lives, that's when and I think y'all miss this a little bit. That's when our works or our acts become more important. So it's like in James, Second James, it says, "Faith without works is dead." Okay, so if I accept Jesus and I do get saved, okay, so I'm in the realm of Jesus, I pray to Jesus, I've accepted Jesus, I love Jesus, I recognize what he did for me, yes. But our faith can die over time, like you're saying to people that left because of COVID, if we don't perfect our faith through our works. It doesn't mean we're saved by works. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that works are deathly important to our spiritual life because it's like um, the separation of the sheep and the goats. Why did the sheep make it and why didn't the goats did it because it's by their works what are the beatitudes it's about their works now well, john let it. me i'm we gonna can, we cannot we can't we can't make it with just works i get that we have to have jesus in our life first and we have to act accordingly well That's let me let me uh john i hope you're listening now I, I, I appreciate what you're saying i want to read one passage of scripture alex i'm just going to read it and you do as as quick as you can on on this answer. It's in Ephesians two eight nine and ten, and this is where works fit in. We're not saying you don't have works. We're not saying you don't serve. But listen to how it works. How does works work? This is it. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But listen to verse ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which mm -hmm. God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Alex, uh, I, faith, according to what James said, faith without works is dead, being alone. Right. Uh, it's faith that works. It's not works that produce the faith. That's right. Our, our works validate the faith that we've put in Jesus. Great question, and John, I'm just honored you'd be listening, and we appreciate you so much. And I, I say a big amen. Uh, let's let's we're going to keep yeah. doing as many as we can. Where to, Bert? Virginia, and talk to Tina. Tina, welcome. Hi, Bert and Alex. I listen to your show every day, but I'm a first time caller. Oh wow, you're the second one today, <laughs> Tina. Way to go, welcome. girl. I know. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, and I love you all so very much. I, I really appreciate your program. But um, I have a question. Uh, it, it's regarding grace and how we are saved through grace. And since we're saved through grace and our sins are forgiven, and now I'm, I'm saying this because I'm not, I, I don't know, so if you all would just fill me in here. If we're forgiven, 
why are we worried about God's judgment then? We're forgiven. So what would there be in judgment if we're forgiven? Okay, great question. Mm -hmm. Alex, let me see. There's two judgments that's coming for those who die. One is the judgment seat of Christ. We call it the Bema are the great white throne judgment. And there's difference, and they're different for different people, aren't they? Well, they, they really are. And for a Christian, the judgment of, of saved versus lost, that's already settled. We're not going to be judged and condemned to hell, obviously. But there is a an evaluation. Let me put it like that. And you know what? Second um, Corinthians 5.11, which is talking to believers, but it says, knowing therefore... The, the terror of the Lord we persuade men. Now, what that means for Christians, everything we do post-salvation, it will be evaluated, and there'll be rewards or loss of rewards. Now, not we're not talking about heaven or hell. If you trust Christ and you are born again, you are en route to heaven, no worries. But uh, Bert, for the, the Christian life, Everything we do post-salvation, there's going to be an evaluation, isn't there? There is, and those crowns are going to be held, uh, given out. And uh, what are, I love the music of casting crowns. I love their name. I love their music. Exactly. And when we get to heaven, are you going to have anything to lay at Jesus' feet in worship of him? And that's where those works comes in, and that's where it is that that we've done what God's asked us to do, and there's those that can be won, and uh, not your salvation, but those crowns. And so, Tina, thank you. Let's go to Texas and talk to Samuel. Samuel, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yes, um, thank you very much. Um, I know I talked to you yesterday, and this is kind of dovetailing off of that conversation yesterday, and also the gentleman, I didn't hear everything he said, um, but it was in reference to um, the works and works and things like that. So my question is, is related to that. Is, isn't there a difference between salvation as far as sin, um, being free from sin that leads to death, and being free from the Torah or the teachings and instructions of him? Because the Spirit itself, his purpose is to cause a person to keep his commands from Jeremiah or Ezekiel, one of those two books. Okay, Samuel. Listen, Alex, let me ask it this way. Uh, it's freedom from the penalty of sin. In other words, Christ has paid that price for us, but for sin to be free from sin, Paul said, those things I want to do, I find myself not doing. Those things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? We're going to battle with sin as long as we're in the flesh, aren't we? Yeah, well, we, we really are. And, you know, in Ezekiel, it says the soul that sins will die. So let me just talk about um, in Jesus, we are delivered from the, the condemnation of sin in hell. But... Part of the reason we need to grow is, like, like we've often said, we're delivered from the penalty of sin, but gradually walking with the Lord, we get extricated from the power of sin over our lives. Amen. It's called and sanctification, isn't it? As we it is. It is. Being, now, being now, made holy and living holy, right? Yes. Positionally, you're in Christ. The minute that you put your faith in Jesus, you're born again. Positionally, you, your position 
you're in Christ and you're on your way to heaven. But you do, I assure you, you do want to grow as a believer. And you pray, you invest uh, your time and go to church, sit under good preaching, because the more you grow in Jesus, uh, the, the less and less sin is going to have its grip over you. Now, Bert, I believe as long as we are in this world, one way or another, the, the flesh will rear its ugly head from time to time. It will. You know, yep. and Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, uh, lay aside the sin that so easily besets us. But good news is in Christ, we are set free from sin and from the law. I want to read a passage of Scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're new creations. We have, all of a sudden, we've become two-natured. We have that, we do have that nature that's God, but that old nature is there. Paul talked about it. Put off the old man and all the trappings of it, and then put on the new man, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, Alex, as you talked about this growing and being more and more like Christ, uh, it, that's the whole idea. One, We're not going to have time to get to calls and do them justice, so tomorrow we're going to take a lot of calls and do it as fast mm -hmm. as we can. But Please I'm come back, folks. Yeah, I'm reminded of John. When we find John first, who... We, we call him the disciple, apostle of love. We find him first wanting to call down fire from heaven, him being wanting to be on the left hand and the right hand of the Father. But when we see John at the time when he's writing the Gospels, uh, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, seems like a different kind of man after he walked with Christ that many years, doesn't he? He really does. He really does. And you know what? I am so glad the Lord loves us enough to help us grow beyond ourselves and we've said in jesus you will find yourself and the you that you really want to be you can become that you in jesus hey we thank you for calling man a day of first time callers we loved it today and we're yes. going to do fire away friday tomorrow alex uh, we used to get 10 or 12 we we'll try to answer as many as we can tomorrow won't we we will write the number down and be ready, 888-589-8840. This has been Bert and Alex and Devin Patrick on the board producing. We're so glad you're listening to American Family Radio. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word. Most of all, though, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.